Hello and welcome to Spiritual Shit, your guide to the down and dirty of modern spirituality with your host, me, Aliyah Lovely. This podcast is a place for people wanting to discover more about spirituality, where we can get weird about ghosts, mediumship, psychics, aliens, religion, new age stuff, awakening, ascension, starseeds, channeling, philosophy, and even dating. Some of the shows will be just me rambling about my mystical experiences and new discoveries and other shows will have guests to open up new perspectives and views. I hope you'll join me on this journey as we discuss and open up about what spirituality in today's world really looks like. Our next guest, Joe Vega, is an owner and trainer at Throwdown NYC, a prominent boxing gym in Manhattan, and has practiced physical therapy and fitness training for 15 years. He had his first spiritual awakening four years ago in his first ayahuasca retreat, and since then has been on a beautiful journey exploring how sacred ceremony with ayahuasca or psilocybin, commonly known as magic mushrooms, has opened the pathways into changing the neuroplasticity of his own brain, giving him new beliefs, abilities, and peace about his existential crisis. Joe has learned to utilize the amazing benefits of plant medicine to further develop his personal life and his practice to include energetic healing of traumas, associated with acute and chronic injuries. He's also seen the benefits it offers in making peace with deep emotional and often subconscious trauma, even healing deep addiction. Joe understands that there's no healing the body unless the entire whole mind, body, spirit complex is honored through the healing process. And so today we will explore the benefits and experiences and answer some questions about unlocking the powers of plant-based medicine. This is a really good one and I'm so excited for you guys to listen. Hello and welcome Joe Vega to the show. Hi, thanks for having me, Leah. Thanks for being on Spiritual Shit. I'm really excited to talk to you today because today we are talking about psychedelics. We're talking about mushrooms and ayahuasca and ceremony and sacred ceremony and illegalness. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's that. It's so, all of that. <laughs> kind of one of the big ones. Um, so the first thing I want to ask is what is ayahuasca and what is psilocybin or like mushrooms and what's the difference between the two? Okay. So we could start out with, with uh, ayahuasca. So ayahuasca is taken in fluid form. So it's pretty much a tea that combines two different uh, plants. So you've got one vine and you've got one particular plant that when you combine the two and, and you, you cook the two, uh, you're able to elicit these sort of psychedelic experiences uh, in each individual. Um, so the actual science behind it is, is you have, so typically DMT, the difference between it being inhaled versus the ayahuasca form is, is that you have receptors inside of your stomach that basically act as inhibitors for these particular uh, um, uh, uh, fluids or yeah, so you know what we want to be able to do is shut down those inhibitors so that we can we can elicit the kind of response that we want. Uh, so you know it's it's amazing because these these shamans from from because this is something that's been going on for hundreds if not thousands of years mm-hmm. uh, that they, they were able to you know some say stumble upon this information. Uh, others say that, that they were provided this information by, by higher, higher beings. Yeah, who, who knows? Uh, 
So, but, but it's, it's, it's amazing that those two vines and, and those two plants, when you put them together, they're able to help elicit this and bypass those inhibiting factors inside of our gut. Uh, so the difference between that and the mushrooms is, you know, you take the mushroom, uh, depending on how deep of a trip that you want to go, uh, you know, you talk, we hear a lot about microdosing these days, which is uh, a lot less of a serving compared to a typical, uh, a more ritualistic sort of ceremonial experience when it comes to psilocybin. Um, so you'll, you'll, you'll definitely have a different range of effects. Um, the ayahuasca is typically more of a, a more visceral, more of, you know, when, 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 when I talk about ayahuasca, I talk about her as like the stepmom who, you know, <laughs> she'll, she'll drag you around a little bit, pull you by the ear to, to, you know, get, to get you to the place that you want to go. Uh, mushrooms tend to be a little bit more gentler. Uh, at least that's the consensus that I get from people in my particular experiences. Um, they're a little bit more gentler and easier to, to digest. Um, and they have a little bit less in terms of the duration of the actual, uh, of, you know, psychedelic. Uh, like yeah, exactly. So you, you trip a, a bit less for, for less duration on a psilocybin than you do with the ayahuasca. So okay. yeah, less purging, less of the, the more gross stuff that people tend to, <laughs> you know, hear about ayahuasca. So yeah. I think my apprehension with taking it um, is one, obviously the legal aspects of it, but the the second, which would be the the purging, the vomiting, the diarrhea, the, these yeah. responses. Yeah. Um, so what you were talking about earlier, I have it pulled up where it talks about the two plants that they put together. And I'll bring this up real quick. They say that the ayahuasca, also known as Yagi or Yage, well, that, yeah. which one is it? Yagi. Yagi. Uh, yeah. A blend of two plants, the ayahuasca vine, um, which is Banisteris capi, may have probably mm -hmm. said that wrong, and a shrub called Karucha, no, Karunka. Is that, does it sound familiar? I'm saying this wrong. Also dyslexic. Um, Psychiatria vigorous. So, sure, something close to that, um, which they both contain the hallucinic, hallucinogenic drug, dimotriptine. Am I saying that right? DMT. 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 There you go. So um, anyway, and so the difference between that is that there's a blending, just to reiterate, there's a blending of those two, two shrubs or vines. Uh, a baking or, or a boiling of that that causes uh, that's put in the format of a tea, right? Mm -hmm. or a drink of some sort. Um, so you ingest that, and one of those plants has an inhibitor in it that keeps your digestive system from processing that particular enzyme, so that way the DMT can stay in your system and return to your that's breath. Okay. Yes. Yes. Um, with Jeez. mushrooms, that's that's not the process chemically. Yeah. Um, yeah psilocybin is the active agent mm -hmm. yeah uh, does that also contain dmt yes okay absolutely yeah. um and that's just something you ingest as a pure like there's no process yeah. you just eat them you know, I, yeah and, and if you want the 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 uh the steroided version of it you know you actually have a lot of people that are starting to to bake it in in a in chocolate form and and lace it with mao inhibitors uh which tend to ice heighten the experience and again bypass some of these the normal mechanisms that our body puts up to sort of act as defense uh, when these substances enter the body so that way you get that longer burn with the DMT so so from a clinical perspective what are like 
what is it doing to our system that our, can we activate that DMT naturally? Well, you know, a, a lot of yogis will say that you can do it naturally through through meditation purposes. We contain DMT uh, in our brain already, correct? Absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're everyone and for the most part, all organic things in this in, in nature are are made of DMT. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so it's stuff that that we're made of. Uh, majority of people don't have access to this. Mm -hmm. uh, when someone says that they want to do psilocybin or ayahuasca. That's basically the expedited process of you getting to that place where you, you really want to push con your consciousness level mm -hmm. um, and sort of get into this space without, it bypasses a lot of the work that, that goes into, you know, like let's say compared to a typical person who just wants to meditate their way to their awakening or to their experience. So, right. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So, in the process, now that we started talking about consciousness, my, my next question was um, more so, before we get into all the effects and stuff, like what draws people to this? Why is it becoming so big in the news right now and becoming more mainstream? And it's not just in South America, like they're like white people in America are like, yo, ayahuasca. So like, yeah. why is it so popular now? Well, you know, you've got this epidemic, the mental health epidemic, mm -hmm. and especially in, in USA and in, in this country. Um, you know, and I feel like a lot of people have tried the traditional system that we have in place, the, you know, I'm going to take my opioids, I'm going to go see my shrink. Um, and they're starting to realize that, you know, for the majority of people, that's just not the right way to combat and to heal from a lot of these traumas mm -hmm. uh, that they sustain in their life. So, you know, you've got a lot of people with depression, a lot of people with anxiety and you know, they're not really getting anywhere with it, with, with our methods. Mm -hmm. So, you know, out of desperation, you're getting some people who hear some really good things coming out of Peru and, you know, out of Brazil when it comes to the, to the plant medicine, um, you know, and they're, they're migrating, they're, they're doing the retreats, you know, they're, they're finding the shaman who all have claimed to heal these things in, in a relatively short period of time. And you're talking uh, anywhere from one to two ceremonies have been able to to provide uh, these these people with the relief that it would normally take five to ten years mm -hmm. uh, to to get. So you know, a part of it is is that there's nothing left for a lot of them. You know, a lot okay. of them have suicidal ideation, and this is literally like the last thing for them before they you know do something harmful to themselves. So so there are. And as I understand, there are, there are a quite a bit of benefits as far as mental health goes, um, the, the processes in the brain. I was seeing something about where they talk about, um, what is it? Is it called default mode that your brain is in or background mode? Something like that. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, but there's like a, like, I mean, apparently default mode or something is like the scientific term, which sounds very simple, but um, where um, in the resting brain, people who struggle with addiction or struggle with, um, uh, you know, mental illness of some sort or whatever, they have overactive regions in that, those parts of the brain in the default mode. And so they're having this reaction when they should be stable and normal and they're, you know, like when you kind of like buzz off in monkey brain, um, yeah. they have this over activity that causes them to feel you know symptoms of you know bipolar or depression or anything like that on the scale um so so we're hearing that like um 
sacred ceremony, things like that, or whatever, able to decrease or diminish that activity in that, those parts of the brain and thus then heal them over a quick amount of time. Like so a lot of them are reporting back, like within six months, they've been, you know, like completely turned around like 180 completely, which is yeah. why science is starting to try to look at like microdosing and things like that in order to help people fucking heal, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you have a lot more research on psilocybin than you do ayahuasca. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're actually starting to see states like Colorado, which are very progressive, you know, as you saw with marijuana. Mm -hmm. um, they're, they're leading the charge for legalizing psilocybin. So there's actually a lot of literature out there on the, the benefits of microdosing in, in populations that suffer from depression and anxiety. Um, you know, in, in those particular ceremonies, you are seeing. Uh, well, the actual mechanism is you, you wind up developing connections in the brain during these ceremonies that you don't normally have access to. Mm -hmm. So you actually have uh, these autonomic, these uh, auto sort of responses, these fight or flight responses that because we're in the tr this traumatic mode the majority of the time, mm -hmm. uh, we're always on, you know, we're never, you know, there's no introspection, like no one's really taking the time out to to you know, check on themselves. So we're constantly in this heightened awareness um, when, you know, that's, it's, it's a useful function for us in certain situations, but when it's on all the time, uh, we, we see the, the negative effects of that, you know? Uh, so what the medicine will do is, is it'll actually, you start having different parts of the brain communicate with each other that don't normally communicate. Mm -hmm. um, and these, these improved connections uh, they, they tend to, you know, with the work that you put in afterwards, after the ceremony, you can enhance these, 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 uh, these pathways and mm -hmm. you can actually use that to be the catalyst to start creating, uh, new behaviors, new behaviors. And this would foster, usher in better neuroplasticity within the brain to can, yeah. to sure. conduct yeah. These. Yeah. So, you know, okay. just like with anything, you know, you've got this limited window of opportunity after the ceremony to kind of go in mm -hmm. and, and, you know, acknowledge that there's changes that need to be made, you know, and then hopefully you've had a, a good enough experience that you can, you know, you can, you can sort of start the work and start making the changes. Maybe there's some toxic stuff going on in your life that, that, you know, you weren't conscious of. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, you start making those changes you know, you reinforce those changes through your actions um, and you can sort of see the settling of those new patterns in the brain. And you can almost say to a certain extent, like there is a new version of yourself. You know, we talk a lot about the born again yeah. phase. You know, my first ayahuasca in, uh, experience, I felt like I was reborn, mm -hmm. you know, and, and what that does is it, it's sort of like this cathartic cleansing of the old and the ushering in of the new you know and it's very rare that we ever get this opportunity aside from when we're, we're young when we're babies yeah you, know, you, you talk about having all these new experiences so that we can start creating these new pathways and, and start learning that's how our brain works um so you know like it, it, the, the medicine is is beautiful in that way you do know? you have the same experience with both psilocybin um, and ayahuasca i i, I do not okay I do not. Um, initially my first experiences with, with either one, one was, uh, my first ayahuasca experience was, uh, it was beautiful. Uh, but when I say beautiful, I don't mean pleasurable, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, you know, I went in with the mindset that there were things that had to be 
changed. Um, you know, and, and, and that's, again, like when you get to that place where you're ready to take in and just this, you know, mysterious tea that you, you, you know, you haven't heard anything about, especially coming from my background, my science background, um, you know, being a PT, a physical therapist and, you know, being about wellness and fitness. Um, you know, it, it was a big step for me. Um, I never felt thought spiritually or religiously. So this was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that was a really tough experience because one of the, the main things that you have to keep in mind when you're going on either one is the whole concept of giving in mm-hmm. and giving up control, you know, and that, that's very, very difficult for most people, you know, and including myself. Yeah. Uh, I'm high bay and you know I, I, it's great for a lot of things but when it comes to healing you know you can't heal what you don't reveal you know and 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 that was something that was very difficult for me and once I got through that you know that it it was a bittersweet experience my first mushroom experience was one of the most beautiful experiences in my life you know it literally held me by the hand and it basically answered a lot of the questions that I had during my ayahuasca experience. So um, if you, do, are you comfortable with going into those personally and telling us the experience sure. of each one? Sure. Okay. Absolutely. I'd love to hear yeah. about the ayahuasca one first and then after following your order. Yeah. So, so, you know, what I would always recommend someone, if you're doing, if you're going on any of these journeys, do it yourself, do it alone. Okay, I, I had the, the I had the luxury and, and it was tough doing it with my wife. It was I, I love her very much and we, we had a beautiful experience, but the first ceremony, the first night, uh, I found myself worrying a lot about her situation because you know, you hear people going through things while they're on the medicine and you think because you know you love that person that something they're going through something wrong and your response, your fight or flight starts to kick in and it takes away from your experience. So that's what happened the first night, you know, like I, I would when you see, say do it alone. You don't mean like by yourself, cook your own. No, I mean, go there like, with a friend. Yeah. Like yeah. I say, you can go with a friend, you know, like I, I would say, just be prepared to, to, you know, really focus on yourself mm-hmm. and to try to ignore what's happening around you because that, that is the most difficult part initially because you're either one around someone you really love or two around a complete stranger. And it's hard for some people to get comfortable that way. Yeah. Um, so, but I had my best friend was, was the shaman. So, you know, I'm blessed in that way. Um, so, you know, the first night was rough. You know, I, I purged, I purged right away, literally in like the first two, three minutes. By purge you mean threw up? I threw up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they give you a bucket, and they say, well, pr- they're pretty much guaranteeing that, that something's going to happen. Um, you know, I, I went, it was a beautiful, small ceremony, you know, and, and again, it was my best friend. So, you know, he called me up to receive the sacrament, which was the ayahuasca. And, you know, I, I didn't know anything about meditation at that point. So I basically, you know, said my intentions and, you know, I, I proceeded to drink the brew and, you know, it, it was one of the most vile things I've ever tasted in my life, <laughs> you know, but it's amazing because I actually felt the moment that the first drop hit my stomach uh-huh. and that, in that instant, I knew right away that I was going to purge. Uh-huh. Like it, it was just, it was, it wasn't about if it was when it was going to happen. Yeah. And literally in the first two to three minutes, boom, I'm on my knees and it's not even a nauseating feeling. It just comes. Mm-hmm. You know, 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that happened. And for me, it was like my body's way of, of knowing that it was in, like, mm-hmm. the, 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 like we're ready. Like we're in, we're not in Kansas. No, no, no disrespect, but we're not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> you know? So, so he says so this that, in New York and I'm in Kansas. Yeah. So, so, you know, I'm in there and, you know, I don't feel a whole lot the first night. I see some geometric shapes, nothing to write home about. I didn't realize what the issue was, but then I just, I, then after talking about it the next day, it was, I was a little too focused on my wife. Mm-hmm. But the second night um, was, the night you know we only did two nights the second night um you know received the sacrament received the ayah and you know i didn't feel a whole lot early on they tell you early on if if you're not feeling and you want an extra cup then come up and i'll give you an extra cup so i had some minimal symbolism that i i would see because you see these geometric patterns that come in and out um and i went through that i decided to take another cup something told me you need to take another cup Mm -hmm. this isn't enough for you so i went and i took another cup and i'd say within the first three to five minutes i start feeling it like not purging but i'm somewhere and it's not here Mm -hmm. you know uh so i i immediately lay down and the first thing that i start to feel is someone like but there's probably like about two or three energies that are in the room with me Mm -hmm. And I feel one of them come in to my face and they start pulling my face apart like this. So they take my eye, they take it all out and they pull it out and they're going down the line and it's like going in and then just pulling away. Mm -hmm. Right. And then one of them comes in and they take some sort of like orb or some sort of, uh, I'm not sure what it is to this day. And they go and they insert it into my head. Hmm. Then they kind of disappear and then everything just kind of closes up. And then immediately after that, like I felt this little, this cable come down to the top of my head mm-hmm. and pull me up. Mm. And I'm, yeah. So, and then you, it's like you hear or feel this pop and you're not in your body anymore. The astral. Projection. Yeah. And I, I, and I had no idea what it was at the time. You mm-hmm. know, you're just going through it. You just yeah. go on with the flow. And I'm like, holy shit. Wow. I'm not in my body anymore and I'm just like shooting up and all I see is like these blue purplish lights and I'm just shooting up through them and I'm going at like light speed I'm moving until I get to the to this summit area and I'm immediately surrounded by like 10 to 12 like different beings mm-hmm. and do you know any of them I, I don't but I will tell you like I've immediately felt like a love that I never felt in my life. Mm-hmm. And it, it was like more love than I've ever felt with my, my parents, mm-hmm. my wife, mm-hmm. you know, my son. It was, it was that incredible. You know, it, it made me cry. Like I just yeah. started crying, you know, and it wasn't crying out of fear. It was like, holy shit. Like, like, I don't know what it is. That I, and that was like the first time where I started feeling stuff. And I'm like, like, I don't know what it is that I'm feeling, but I just want to cry. Yeah. You know? And it was, they were so happy to see me. Um, they were like, you know, like, wow, you really did it. You came through. Hmm. So, and I'm like, they were like waiting for great. you. Yeah. I was like, I don't know where the hell you are, but this is great. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I get there and they start showing me around and, and immediately they point to this wall and over to the side, there's this wall of like all of these like little dots, 
these illuminated dots on a wall. It seems like a wall. And the wall can go on like, you know, like there's no end to it. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at the wall and the energy is talking to me and it's not talking the way you and I are talking. It's talking telepathically. Right. And it's like, this, this, is, this is where you start. And I'm like, what do you mean this is where you start? Like, this is where everyone starts collectively. Like, this is the source, mm -hmm. you know? This is where everything comes from. And I'm like, everything? And they're like, yeah, everything. So they proceeded to tell me that I have some sort of abilities. And mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, but that's great. All right, show me more. I want to see more of this. So uh, I go and, and we proceed a little further. Um, you know, and when you're in this, you don't have any idea how long time is. Like right. you don't know how, because time just doesn't mean anything where, where you're at. So, I mean, it, it turned out to be like a couple of hours while I was in this, but it felt like five minutes. Mm -hmm. And so we get to a point where it's like, all right, you know, we, we showed you enough, right? Then all of a sudden out of nowhere, I see this, this sort of red, like hideous figure that's just kind of lurking in the back. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea who it was. And, and I was like scared to death of it. And as soon as I saw it, I like shot down, like just as fast as I, I had gone up, mm -hmm. like super fast until I, I felt like I hit the couch that I was laying on and I bounced up. Mm -hmm. As soon as I, before I, I didn't even hit the couch again, like I flipped over and I was right on that bucket. And I was, I would tell you, I purged like I had never purged in my entire life. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it, it was so deep. Like I felt like it, it was from the crevices of like <laughs> my soul, you know, like, you know, in the bowels of, of, yeah. <laughs> of your, your being, like that's like where you throw up from. And it's, it's like, it's great, but then it's discouraging because you look at the bucket and it's really not a lot, you know, it, which mm -hmm. is like the weirdest thing. Because it's mainly like when we purge, it isn't just in, in vomiting form. Okay, it can be yawning, it could be burping, it could be laughing. Uh, so a lot of the heaving is is part of it, right? So you're releasing a lot of this this and negative energy that comes out. The way what I liken it to is with the, with any computer, you know, like whenever you want to put on new information, there's a finite amount unless you're you have an unlimited cloud. In order to get new information on there, you've got to dump, you've got to delete mm -hmm. some information. So that's basically what you do when you purge. Um, and I, I would tell you, I, I have never felt that good in my entire life after yeah. that. It was just like like Neo when he finally starts seeing everything in green and you know he realizes that he's the one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, like, oh my God, you know, I've yeah so and that right there was my moment of rebirth you know mm -hmm. and um ever since then you know that's well that same ceremony you know i realized that i'm a medium and i realized that you know i have different energies that try to funnel through me in order to communicate to different people um and it happened there like i had a situation where uh an energy came into me and, and wanted to speak Mm -hmm. to my wife and um you know which was really interesting as her father right yes yeah. yes yeah so he he was there and he wanted to convey certain emotions and things and uh he did um and it's interesting because 
there was another because there's always tons of energies that are in the room and they, they just some majority of them they're just they just want to see what's happening because they're just curious you know yeah um and and melvin had one too that came through me to speak to him so i had messages for him it's like i had messages for everybody in the room melvin is the shaman melvin is the shaman yes yeah. so he uh had some messages for him and you know, I kind of just went around the room and it, it does, it's, it's not even me talking. Yeah. You know? No, I know what that's like. <laughs> yeah. And, and just, it was the weirdest thing ever. And, you know, what wound up happening after that is after that, you know, I, you go from the super high and you come down, you know, like I, I will tell people, you know, like there, there's a lot of, um, I hate to say, use the word negative, but there's a lot of drawbacks to it. Um, mm -hmm. After going up that high, um, they basically show you like what the potential is and you kind of have to work on filling in the blanks right. with that from so your natural reality it, to exactly. So, you know, you have to, you know, put in the work to figure out, okay, well, what, what just happened? Um, and the more it seems like the more you try to unpack it, the more it doesn't make sense. So just to kind of get, yeah, to let it be, you know, let it manifest. You know, I got in, I would never be able to meditate. And then I, I started getting into meditations and I would meditate for hours sometimes. You know, what is this and, like for you coming from a science background and being even in, in just like, I, I know you personally, so I know your upbringing and things, but like for our listeners to come from such a, yeah, I don't know much about this thing or whatever to come in and be like, I, I saw this, I felt this, I'm a medium now, I have abilities, I'm connected to the spirit world. Like that completely shifted that whole experience for you then. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you, you grow up, you go through all your schooling and, you know, you go through your science classes and you're taught how things are supposed to go. You know, all the, the natural mechanisms for things, all the laws uh, that are supposed to apply in every situation. Um, you know, and I think it takes a, a, a special individual who is interested in seeing what's behind the veil, seeing what's behind the curtain. And my whole thing is I got into a lot of esoteric history mm -hmm. where I started saying to myself, okay, well, this is what we learn in school, uh, but there's definitely things that this doesn't explain, mm -hmm. you know? And as I, as I grew older, I started bumping into that over and over. Uh, so I got into esoteric history, you know, I started doing a lot of research on, on uh, shamanism earlier on, uh, different sorts of medicines, um, different characters that you wouldn't normally read in your typical history class. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of stuff out of Africa, Egypt, the Middle East, you know, ancient Sumeria. And, mm -hmm. you know, th th these are things that you only touch on in school. But when you really dive deep into it, you realize that there's this whole other side to things that we just, especially as, as I hate to say it, as, as brown people, we're just not privy. We're not shown this type of information. It's kind of kept from us, um, which is a whole which other part. Which is so interesting <laughs> because like, I mean, yeah. we could get into that as both as yeah. brownish people, but like yeah. there is such a suppression under the colonialism that we've suffered of religion that took us away yeah. from our, our origins of our indigenous healings. Yeah, and yeah, I started yeah. researching my roots. Like I'm Native American and West African. And I was like, shit, you know, this stuff, they were doing this before they came over here, you know, like, and, sure. and that being something taken away from them. Yeah. Their healing, that, that's whole part of, exactly. So that's whole part of, of, you know, and it's, it's, listen, it, it's, 
some people say it's a white thing, it's, it's a black thing. No. no, this has been going on for thousands of years. Okay, yeah. it's, it's, it transcends color. <laughs> this is another <laughs> you know, podcast. Yeah, is another <laughs> it, it, it is. But, but, to, but yeah. to get back to my point, though, you know, like once I started saying to myself, okay, well, I don't really trust all the information that's been given to me, it started opening up my mind mm -hmm. to different possibilities, yeah. right? So, uh, you know, then, you know, stepping into the space of the plant medicine, it wasn't such a big jump for me mm -hmm. because I already knew that there was tons of things that I was privy to that most people aren't privy to that are true, you know, but just not widely accepted. Not, mm -hmm. not you know, society doesn't really accept those yeah. things. So, you know, I had a little bit more of an open mind when it came to that because I had that introduction through through history. Um, so, you know, I, I could definitely see if someone with a more traditional scientific background, um, you know, might have some trouble with it. Yeah. But like, like I said, there's there's a lot of new resources that are out there um, that that you know sort of shed some light on the the amazing effects of just the, the psychedelics. You know? I love that um i think that okay so in the process of you after your first experience that had been the only time that you had experienced working with any psychedelic at that point right yes. so you yes. went for the mother load first and then well, I, that's what i had access to you know? yeah yeah so what for was me, your first mushroom experience like after well, going for the yeah. big one Sure. So my, my first mushroom experience was again with my sh my shaman friend Melvin, and, and that was just a one on one situation. Mm -hmm. And you know what wound up happening after my eye experience was, you know, I started feeling things that I didn't understand. You know, like I, I would feel tension in my mouth. I would feel uh, my body would move in certain directions, um, and, and this would be you know involuntary. Like it, it's not, it wasn't stuff that I was doing and it was freaking me out. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I so thought I would get descriptive with that because we've sure. talked about that before. And I think that that'd be. Yeah. So, so, you know, now, now I know like they consider them mudras. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you ever look into to Buddhism and, and you do your research, you know, there are different movements that, you know, you can do with your hands, different uh, points of pressure that you can apply and they're supposed to open certain energetic pathways for yourself so uh, but early on it was very erratic where i would have head movements i would be moving in circles um i would feel my hands being raised mm -hmm. and it's it's so it was beyond strange but it was it was the strongest thing and the softest thing that i've ever felt if, if you can put those two together yeah. and sort of try to visualize what that might feel like um and at first I fought it a lot. You know, I would get this vibrating sense in my mouth and I would get this tightened jaw, mm -hmm. uh, which I later began to understand, you know, like that's your sixth chakra. And, you know, you're more like me. I'm, I'm more of a, of, a, of a feeling person. Like some, some people see things and I'm, I'm a feeler. Person. I'm an empath in that sense. So yeah. I have my, my upper two chakras are like lit <laughs> i am <laughs> yeah so yeah so for for me it was like okay like i don't know what the hell's going on mm -hmm. you know and it was one point where i literally told it to fuck off 
Yeah. yeah. Like I was like, you, you, whatever it is that you're here, you're freaking me out. I don't know how to handle it. You need to go. Mm-hmm. And, and for like a month, I didn't have anything. And then it just spontaneously came back again. And I was like, okay, well, you're obviously not going anywhere. <laughs> so <laughs> we, we, we might as well start working on this and see where it goes, you know? Um, you know, and, and I will tell people, you know, as a caveat to it, um, it will affect your relationships with people. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning, it, it did it did affect negatively my relationship with my wife because, you know, it was a very profound thing that happened to me. And the way that you improve upon it or you get more insight into it is to do the work, you know. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what that meant because I didn't have anybody holding me by the hand, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so there's a bit of depression that comes along with it, which is ironic because that's what you go in to sort of fix in the first place. So, you know, um, I just try to lay out the whole picture for people. You know, yeah. say, okay, this is a beautiful experience. The, the, the drawbacks and downsides to it are that, you know, you do feel isolated because, you know, you, you're in this new space that you feel like you really can't communicate a whole lot to people about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can't talk to your parents. Your parents are not going to understand it, even if they're supportive of you. I have very supportive parents. It's a very um, individual journey, and what you saw a, is not what yeah. anybody else sees. Sure. And if you're someone like myself who has always tried to share everything, you know, like I'm the share. Like, like I, 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 I can't have a good, <laughs> yeah, like I, I can't have a good time, you know, unless my wife is there. You know, yeah. I, I need to. Like, I'm always looking around, like, holy shit, like, is, let's is, share is, this with someone to see what I'm saying. So. Yeah. You know, it's it's always how I've been, but part of the journey is, and this is, I just had this conversation with a client of mine, and because we were talking about spirituality and, and what that means, and she's like, you know, it's it's the hocus pocus, you know, you see ghosts, and and what I told her, spirituality to me is basically loving yourself mm-hmm. and getting to know yourself, mm-hmm. right? The, the the highest version of yourself, mm-hmm. which is what ayahuasca and mushrooms, they can. Uh, introduce you to mm-hmm. they have the ability to introduce you to the best version of yourself mm-hmm. and the work is okay how do we get to where we are now to that person mm-hmm. right but it's it's it's, it's a journey of self right you know? and that's what spirituality means at, at least in my eyes is your your journey to self mm-hmm. you know um, so for me I had to learn that there's things that I can share with my wife with my son my family but there's a space that I have to take up the, the there's work that has to get done so that I can get closer to myself and realize what it is that I'm here to do mm-hmm. you know and then you know understand from that like my my like how am I going to shape my future with this knowledge mm-hmm. you know am I just going to continue to do the same things that I've been doing because that's what I feel like I'm supposed to be doing or am I going to redirect this and say okay well you know, there's more to it than just this, than just the physical, you know, the physical, you know, and, uh, that's what, that's what brought me into, uh, you know, dealing with traumas, you know, the trauma associated with injury and a lot of my clients and and they appreciated it a lot because you you would get people that would come in for the same thing over and over again without any improvements, Mm -hmm. but they, they, they were unaware that there's emotional scars there's spiritual scars that go along with any injury that you have. You know, Mm -hmm. you think about like what PTSD really means, Mm -hmm. you know, and and we normally associate that with, with war veterans and, you know, they, they go to war and they come back and, 
you know, they're all screwed up, but we go through that all the time. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's usually one traumatic issue that happened that debilitated us in some capacity that we've never been able to really get past, which can sum up a lot of what most people's problems are. You know? I mean, so many people are dealing with so many levels of trauma. And like you said, like we always think like, oh, that means that, you know, it's, it's someone who experiencing, like you saw your mom die in front of you or something like something very, very tragic, but given our, our onness all the time and not being able to shut off what we're experiencing in our heightened fight or flight state constantly is causing us incurred trauma over and over and over and over, even if we might consider it psychologically very small. Mm-hmm. And so yep. people are walking around yeah. like yeah. little zombies, like yeah. trying to cut off parts of their trauma and every time that they get incur some type of trauma they just amputate and sure yeah and it's like you know, yeah it's 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 amazing like that kind of behavior and how detrimental it is to your overall being you know like right. you 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 developing you, you i treat my body like it's different people you know mm-hmm. you look people talk about their different chakras i i look at them as people you know mm-hmm. if you begin to alienate a part of yourself all right, that's going to turn eventually turn its back on you. Yeah. You know, you isolate yeah. one part, it's going to affect the whole. And you, I can actually see, you know, the, the repercussions of that in clients who come in, you know, they never had, you know, like a scoliosis twist, but now that they're injured and they're dealing with this stuff, even though the, they're not in, in the acute stage anymore, they, you know, they, they moved on, but just the, the emotional imprint that that's left on their body it kind of, you know, keeps them in that yeah. rigid, you know, you know, misaligned position that is just wreaking havoc with every step that they take. So we know? can talk about that in the body for sure. And yeah. then yeah. what we talk like then get into later is what it does to the mind and sure. how that's, we can't see that. So you kind yeah. of coming and entering into this type of ceremony is to essentially open the doors of the house that you shut close. Sure. And try to see the whole, the thing as a whole picture, as a whole, right? Yeah, yeah. But just to finish the, the mushroom, so the mushroom ceremony, you know, it was very beautiful, but the mushrooms actually opened up my, my third eye and I was actually able to see why I was moving. You know? oh. So that, that, it showed me the why to everything. And what, what I realized, yeah, what I, what I, what I realized, like I, I would actually, like the first thing that happened was, is that I, I found myself inside of myself. So I was actually in my own body okay. and I can actually see the first thing I saw was like all of like my intestines, like everything. It, it, it felt gross mm-hmm. and I didn't know where the hell I was, but I knew that I, I, I wound up realizing that I was inside myself mm-hmm. and that was, that's literally and symbolically where everything starts you know so it was through there that i went to a different place and you know we've spoken about astral projection before um but that's when i i realized i still hadn't learned about it yet but Mm -hmm. that's when i realized that i wasn't there anymore you know and and i actually was able to see where i was going i couldn't really make sense of where where it was but i knew it wasn't here Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when, you know, I got, like, it took me to this place. Like, I felt like I was in star Wars and I was in one of those like super fast cruisers that they had. And I was just darting to different places. Um, and I realized that the head movements 
were aligning me with certain celestial bodies okay. and whatever it was it's almost like your brain where well, your brain picks up all of these frequencies because it's basically a receiver right uh, certain positions that you put yourself in put you in certain places right so i and I, I started playing around with it and i would go from different place to different place based on the positioning of my head and my body and my hand um so that was amazing and, and melvin was looking at me he said dude you were literally sitting in lotus for like three and a half hours straight like you didn't move and i'm i'm, I'm moving but i just like i sat there cross leg mm -hmm. you know and i'm doing all of this stuff um but i will say that i did have some painful moments mm -hmm. um because you know I, I i laid down it laid me down because i was pretty exhausted from sitting up for three and a half hours uh, but that's when I realized what my hands were because mm -hmm. I've always known that I'm a healer. Mm -hmm. um, but I would look at my hands and my hands were green. So my hands were like green. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, and they would go over my chakras. And as I would go over each chakra, it would heal. It would open it up and it would heal each chakra. Mm -hmm. And then it, I got to certain parts. Like for me, it's always been my heart chakra and it's always been my sacral chakra mm -hmm. that I've had issues. Um, I've had issues with relationships and, you know, I, I've had, um, you know, traumas around, you know, I, I've had one of my best friends pass away, you know, and, and what you wind up, what I wound up seeing were visions of these people as I would go over. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, you know, my purging then was, was crying. Like I, I would see my dad's face. I would see, you know, my, my, my namesake's face, Alex, who, who, was, who was my best friend who passed away when I was young, mm -hmm. I, saw, I saw his face. And you realize like all of that stuff is still stuck in those areas and that it hasn't come out yet. Yeah. So, so I would just every, like I would go down to each chakra, open it up, clean it up, purge through crying. And then I, would, I learned how to close it back up. Mm -hmm. um, so it was, it was very educational in that sense. So you learned that um, on your own? just by being in ceremony you were being guided yeah. by entities or yeah that apparently yes yes well now now i know yes i mean yeah. that, back then i had no idea <laughs> you're like who the fuck is this <laughs> yeah but you know i tell you it's i feel like you, you have to let go like you have to let go and it is a risk that a lot of people are scared to take um but there's just so much education around it you know and, and it is my calling so I can't, I can't say that this is what's going to happen for everyone, you mm -hmm. know? Um, but I will tell you that, you know, be, being able to give in and submit to it, um, that, that helped open the doors to me learning a lot of stuff about myself that I would have otherwise not learned. So, yeah. so it's very valid for you, um, this experience. Some people would kind of like throw it off and say, oh, you're having hallucinations or it's sure. only as a means because your brain is firing off these synapses and that's why you're having that response, but you're not actually sure. experiencing other entities or whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm on in your camp, <laughs> yeah. um, but as far right. as like, right. I guess you can't really take your experience from you. Like you experience what you experience and you've had some massive healing from that. Sure. So what are, what are, what are ways that people can seek out this experience in a safe way since it's not hyper-regulated? Yeah, it definitely isn't, you know, and unfortunately there is some trial and error associated with it. You know, I, I was blessed to have a close friend who uh, participated in ceremonies. So 
Uh, but what I would say is, you know, do, do research, do as much research as you can on it. Uh, we're starting to see in this country because technically if you have a group of people together who are all doing the ceremony and they're using ayahuasca as a sacrament, technically it's legal in this country. Um, Cause it's you know, considered religious freedom practice, right? Exactly. So you, you do have that liberty. Um, you know, there are parts of the country, there are different areas that, that they do it. Um, you know, I can't speak to those due to yeah. the authenticity and, and, you know, to the safety issues around it. Um, I would say that, that there's some legit places in Peru that you can go to. I haven't been there myself, but, you know, Melvin, my, my uh, shaman, he, he went to Peru and, and that's how he learned. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there is going to be trial and error with it. You know, and even between ceremonies, you know, you may have an amazing ceremony one time that's very insightful and the next ceremony you might not, it might be something different, you know, Um, it's very individual, not just for yourself, but each ceremony in of itself, you know, Mm -hmm. it's very individual and, you know, that whatever you have happened to you at that moment is for that moment Um, and and you take from it what you can and you move on. Um, But as far as, uh, you know, sending people to to or recommending different places i i'm unable to do right. that right that's okay <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but I, I, you know i would so say no liability <laughs> yeah do do your research do your research you know you will find that place um it's popping up more and more you know yeah. um you, yeah there's just such a high demand for it right now but you know i would say mushrooms are a lot more accessible mm-hmm. um you know, I put them up there with, with marijuana, you know, typically if, if you have a marijuana guy, the marijuana guy may have a mushroom <laughs> guy. Um, you know, I, I would use caution, you know, obviously if you have someone who's, who's trained like a shaman, um, I would seek someone else, see what's, I would seek someone out like, like that instead of just trying to do it by yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, set, they say set and setting is very important. So your mindset and the actual setting that you're in is very, very important for it. Uh, so you don't you know, go down and do this with your toxic best friend. Don't do it with your best friend. Don't do it when you're, you know, like, like if, if you're depressed, if you're, if you're on a downswing, you know, uh, you, you want to try to put yourself in the best position for success. So, you know, I live in a city. So ideally, you know, for me, it, it was getting out of the city and getting out of that sort of energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, being being in nature is is very important. Um, you know, we we've gone out of the city, more upstate New York, to do this stuff. Um, you know, but that's the energy that you want to be around. Good people um, who you can trust as much as you can, because a lot of them will be strangers. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, you know that there's a lot of inherent risk that goes along with it, not just safety wise, but just you know, be, being in a comfortable place, mm-hmm. you, you have to put yourself out there. Where you feel you know? secure. Yeah. yeah. So how often do you do ayahuasca? Like once a year or is this like once a lifetime kind of thing? Like how, what do you, yeah. what is your process? So, so that's interesting. You know, I, I do it once a year. Okay. Um, I feel like my end of year purge is what sort of propels me into the new year so it's a good way for me to kind of get rid of the old of that year and and create new space for newness (laughs) in the ensuing year um but you know it's definitely not something that you can you can od on 
Mm -hmm. You're not going to OD on psychedelics, especially ayahuasca. That's not something that, that you, you're going to use habitually. Um, you know, you typically you'll, you'll go on a retreat and they may have anywhere from three to, to, you know, seven ceremonies. So you can just take one week and, you know, every night you can basically have like a different experience. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I would say keep it, you know, one or two times a year. Um, just because it, there's so many lessons that have to get unpacked after it. And it takes time to, to, to get through Absorb all of those. Exactly. So a lot of that stuff doesn't come to you right away. You have to give it time to, to sort of settle in, you know, and, and uh, create, you know, the space to, to do the work, you know, and with mushrooms, um, mushrooms, you can do it more frequently. Um, I know people that do microdosing, so, you know, they do it on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. um, you know, again, that's another one of those things you're not going to OD on. Um, but I would say in order to get the maximum experience, I would say maybe three to four times a year mm -hmm. uh, doing a, a regular serving, you know, and having a ceremony around it. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like you'll probably get more of that outside of just doing the typical microdosing that a lot of people want to do. Um, you know, obviously people want the mushroom, but they don't want the discomfort of the, the hallucinogenic response. Mm -hmm. um, it's all part of the, the control aspect and, and right. not being able to let go. So they don't want to see the things or feel or, or hear so the things. Can you describe what you see normally when you're doing mushrooms, when you're on mushrooms? Um, yeah. So, you know, I've, I've done mushrooms four times and, you know, you, you wind up each, each one is a different, has been a different uh, situation for me. And, and the first one was the experience where I saw myself in by myself um, and I started you know focusing on my astral projections um, you know but I also had a really tough trip <laughs> on mushrooms uh, because I decided to do it in the city and you know it, it was with Melvin but it was in a different you know place in the city um, and I didn't realize that we were in a Scientology building <laughs> so there, there was a lot of energy because you know the thing you, you know what happens in new york like you get like these old buildings that they used to have one function but you know because real estate is such a big thing they they right. got them you know now they're condos you know or co-op yeah. <laughs> you know but what, what the developers don't do is get rid of all the energy that 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 was in there from that previous usage you know mm -hmm. so you know i i wound up experiencing uh, some some pretty gnarly things in that second experience, which was amazing and beautiful at the same time. There was actually in one of the rooms in the house, there was an energy vortex. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the woman who owns the house told us, before, even before I had this experience, that there's always something funny that happens inside the bathroom. Mm -hmm. And she can't figure it out. Like she goes into the bathroom and she doesn't understand why she feels a certain kind of way. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I was having a tough, tough uh trip yep. you know, from the outset um i was seeing things i was seeing these these really negative energies that were in the room and they were questioning me and they wanted to know, you know who, who i thought i was to come in here and, and, and try to invade their space um and uh you know i i um i decided to move from the space that i was in and go to a different room 
And, but I eventually found my way inside that bathroom. Like, I don't, I don't know how or why, but I wound up going into that bathroom. I was really drawn into it. Um, and that's what I realized what it was. It, it was, there was a lot of trapped negative energy that was inside that bathroom. Uh, but no one had, again, with, with me in the majority of my situations, it's a feeling. Um, so what, what I felt in that moment was literally something trying to go down my throat and pull out what was inside me, mm -hmm. which is basically my, my soul. So that's, that's what it felt like. So I was literally on my floor, like right by the toilet bowl. I thought I had to purge, but it was really something going inside me, trying to remove what was inside. Do you and, think that that's a type of experience that, that a lot of people have, or does, is that very specific to you because you have more abilities? I want to say so. But I also think that particular setting mm -hmm. was conducive with that kind of experience. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's like the point I'm trying to hammer home, like yeah. setting, like don't try to avoid tripping in the city mm -hmm. because yes. there's all kinds of stuff that have, that's going on that you can't see. Yeah. And when you open yourself up like that, it, it's, you open to, for invasions, mm -hmm. you know, and um, I didn't know how to protect myself. You know, we had a great space. It was, it was great, but, you know, I, it was a learning experience for me because one of the things that I did see was who I was and where I came from, mm -hmm. you know, and it was always a thing. Like I was always obsessed about, um, you know, like where my origin came from, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and in that moment, like I learned where I came from because I saw who I was and that purse, that energy was there with me in the room. And what I saw was a large man in large dark man. And he, it had to have been like about eight, nine feet tall. He had a headdress Wait, on. Is this Solomon? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, I, I that's when <laughs> I, I met him. Yeah. So it, it was like, I tell you, it was like this, it, it was like the Terminator, if you remember Terminator 2, when, when you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger comes in and, you know, comes in and, and shoots the, the, the other <laughs> android with, with the DACA and like the guy, like Solomon, that being, came in and he was riding some sort of uh, machine. It was like a gliding machine, like a plane or mm -hmm. something. He came in. And I could see him in the mirror. And they always tell you, don't look in the mirror <laughs> when you're tripping. And of course I did. Uh, and I saw him and he's looking at me. And he doesn't say anything to me. But he's looking at me and what the look that he's giving me, I, he's, he's saying to me that, you know, you're more powerful than this. Like whatever's happening to you, like you, like you come from a pedigree of, of energies and people that eat this shit for breakfast. Yeah. You know, and yeah. He, he stood there, he had this staff in his hand and he had one hand up in the air and it was like their, their way of like saying to me, you like, got this. You're good. Yeah. You're good. To and, give you some background guys, like Joe, I actually met through um, my energy coaching business. So we had a session, but I saw this man he's talking about, um, in a mediumistic kind of way, he brought him forward. And I had, I had even down to his name, um, that we were following through, but you had experienced him directly while you were in a trip and yeah. I had saw him outside of it. Sure. Yeah. And, and he, yeah, yeah, he was tall and Melvin saw him 
he was standing right next to me when I was laying on, on one of the couches. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, I saw him. And he was, he was really tall. He was the first person to sort of acknowledge it outside of myself. Mm-hmm. And when you said it, I was like, oh, holy shit. Wow. <laughs> this, this guy is real. So, yeah. you know, he, he was there to, and he's the one that, that since that moment, he's the one that's sort of acting as like my puppet master almost and like moving me around. Yeah. yeah. And, and when I work on people now, like when I worked on Mel, mm-hmm. he told me that that guy is like, why he's like literally looking over your shoulder and, and he's like watching mm-hmm. to see like what you're doing and making sure that it's precise. Mm-hmm. Like it's what needs to get done. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he, it's almost like a cosmic doctor if, if we can call him that. Yeah. Um, definitely a guide so you know that that was the highlight of that experience you know and and ever since then it was you know I I feel like you know there's nothing that really should scare you (laughs) there's nothing there's nothing that when when you're in the right space that you can't overcome Um, and I felt like I had to go through that in order to learn that very valuable lesson so so do you think that um, ayahuasca or mushrooms or that experience like people are becoming obviously more awake to it but that it, it certainly calls those who have those lessons to learn or is it just kind of everybody who's like let's give it a whirl let's you know find a drug trip or whatever do you feel like because is the drug getting more of a reputation of it as a a place to go for this type of healing for this type of awakening or are there still people doing it recreationally just to escape yeah, yeah you know I'd, I'd say it's a combination of both uh, you know, I, I know a lot of people that have done ayahuasca and, and they also do a lot of other recreational things, um, you know, and, and it will weaken your experience, mm-hmm. um, you know, but unfortunately that's just the climate that we're in right now. People are curious, uh, people have access to things that they didn't have access to years ago. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's going to be the curiosity to, to do and, and partake, um, you know, it's, it, you, you gotta you have to come to a point in your life where you feel like you know I'm, I'm ready for this I'm ready for this I'm ready to push myself and I do want some healing out of it um, some people find that reluctantly during a trip um, and I'd say there is no right way you know I know people who went into it you know messing around and came out with some amazing insight into themselves yeah you know and, and I don't there is no right way to do it you know I, I know people that have done amazing they call it dieta which is you know the time period before you, you do all these meal preps beforehand to prepare mm-hmm. you for it um there's some people they've done spot on and they go through the experience and they don't feel like they get a whole lot of out of it mm-hmm. you know and they get deterred so um it really is in that moment you know about, about your willingness to submit um and push past some of these normal boundaries that you've sort of set up for yourself subconsciously. Right. So this opening all those doorways for you, what is the greatest thing that you learned about yourself through this process of awakening through ceremony and and Um, drugs? To love yourself, to love myself. Yeah. That's the bottom line to me that that's again, that's what spirituality is to love yourself, uh, to care about yourself um, a lot of the self-care that you hear about now, like, doesn't even scratch the surface. No. <laughs> what you need. Go take yeah. a bath. Yeah. Oh, you know, Epsom salt, uh, <laughs> you know, facials. That's, it's a very, people are, are, are very, um, they're not 
engaging the way that they should when it comes to self-care. Um, and a lot of it is, is still, because we get caught up in this, this space between selfish and selfless. Mm-hmm. You know, like everyone, they don't want to appear selfish, so they automatically de- de- defer to someone else. You know, it's more important for me to help out someone else. Um, and they don't reserve that sort of attention for their own selves. Mm-hmm. So for me, understanding that, you know, you could be a husband, you could be a dad, you could be a small business owner. It doesn't matter what it is that you are. That isn't bad. Okay. But you do have to take time to get to know who you are. I mean, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're an amazing person. <laughs> you haven't realized it yet, but you know, you're, you're an amazing, beautiful person and you do have gifts that you might not know about. Um, and you really should position yourself to be in a space that you can accept and honor these gifts. You know, to me that again, like that's what spirituality means. You know? nice. So, yeah. so this is fostering a space to break down some of the barriers or old paradigms and templates that we've had in the past mm-hmm. that have asked us to close that part of ourselves and not be in that present moment where we actually get to acknowledge how powerful we really are. And so that, in a sense, is giving you that platform to really get in touch with your higher self, to access that part of your spirituality, that part of that self-love. So that way you're not, you're not having that cognitive dissonance between your gifts and yourself and having that block. I think that's wonderful. Um, It's not something I've tried personally yet. Um, It's kind of on my own. There is just, I mean, I've seen the the people that I've talked to who have experienced it. Like you said, some people have come out of it and been like, and then some people have come out just completely changed for the better. Like I've, I've, I've never met anyone who's gone through or used them have, who have has said, nah, man, this is like, nah, you know, like don't do this or da da. Um, and even people who are hyper, like people that I know that are scared of like everything, um, have tried it and had, had been like, no, man, like it opened part of themselves to see part of their own spirituality and not like, I feel like obviously with alcohol, alcohol is legal. Um, but alcohol is to me, one of the worst substances I can take. Um, I feel depressed. I feel I like it, it is a next level type of dragging me down the emotionality that comes out of it the anger the insecurity the you know you see people when they're on alcohol like i mean just like fighting and mad you know like (laughs) it's just really really like a very specific vibration to that substance um there's something on i mean that they said the arabic definition of alcohol is actually the word is alcohol and it means body or spirit eating body something like that that's what it means it's like eating your body. It's like, that doesn't sound good. Um, but taking down your vibration at such a level that you're unable to, to, to get in contact with that part of yourself anymore. You essentially black out the spirit takes over the negative entity takes over and then you become the vehicle for this spirit to take that joy ride. Um, That's why they call them spirits. spirits. Exactly. So people who have this apprehension towards, um, towards other possible drugs or things like that when you're talking about microdosing, um, for instance, weed, like weed is now legal in some states and you're seeing a lot of benefits to people who are having pain issues. Um, I have a friend who was chronically sick for a really long time, couldn't eat, like couldn't, you know, and that was the only thing that allowed her to have an appetite and feel better. Um, so there were healing properties to that as well. There are 
Um, I now I've never tried the other ones, but like, obviously you have, you have like Coke, you have all these other things, but yeah. the people who seem to be seeking out mushrooms in specific or any type of psychedelics, um, things that open up the DMT is for that healing. They're looking for seeing something that's outside of themselves. And so people that I've known even who have been staunch atheists or, or even, you know, like Christians or people who are religious or whatever, who decide to take that journey and, and they wake up and they're like, what the hell? Like their whole world yeah. is kind of turned upside down. Did you feel that type of shift? Like that foundational, yeah. like rip, like what, what was the response? I know you talked about depression afterwards or feeling the isolation, but like to kind of have your whole perspective shift in just one fail f- couple hours, like, what does that, what does that do to you? Well, it's, it's, it's the most humbling experience that you can have, you know, it's, you know, you, for me, I'm, I'm a small business owner and, you know, I've got my degrees and, you know, you have all of this, you have this idea that you have it all together, you know, by society standards, like, you know, you're the shit, you know? Um, and you know, the humbleness of the situation, it, it grounds you. you, you learn how to, how to ground yourself, uh, because there's, there's so many things that you just don't know about, you mm-hmm. know, and that scares a lot of people. And I think that's why a lot of people are reluctant to go on these journeys but you know, for me, um, it was a welcomed. It was definitely a welcome thing to to have things shift the way that they did. Uh, you know, you, you just have to you have to one be careful what you wish for. You know, because you you just may get it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, after having that huge shift, you know, like there there's going to be side effects to that. You know, yeah. you're going to see your 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 circle of friends may 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 change a bit you know the things that you used to put up with in certain people you may not want to put up with it anymore you know which is a great thing you know mm-hmm. we just don't see it that way because it's painful at first yeah um you know and and you know for me i i became vegetarian afterwards mm-hmm. you know like i i, I get tired of you know eating the meats and and feeling heavy all the time and, and the doctor telling me that i had high cholesterol and i was i was on path for my first heart attack in my 40s you know so yeah you you, you, then you just start putting things into perspective and realizing what's important to you what's not Mm -hmm. um and you start seeing a lot of these bad habits go away you know um and and it's not even a big deal to you anymore (laughs) you know like i i was a shopaholic you know Mm -hmm. and 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 it it wouldn't fail like i would have no money and i would still find a way to go buy something new and i just lost that appetite for that like it Mm -hmm. just it just disappeared I went from vegetarian to vegan and I, I did a whole year of, of vegan. I don't know how I did it, but I did it, you know? Um, and this is someone who was, you know, power lifter, um, you know, personal trainer, meathead. Um, and so Literally. again, like it, it put me into a 180. Yeah. yeah. So how has this affected your view of the afterlife? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, pretty dramatic. You know, or pretty dramatically. You know, um, again, it, it's it's been my experience. <laughs> you know, like I, I don't want to generalize and say that it's going to be everybody's experience. Um, but as far as afterlife goes, you know, I definitely look at it from a much lighter perspective, and, and as a much more of, of eventuality that um, that is very necessary. Uh, as important as life is, death is equally as important. Mm-hmm. Um, just coming to an understanding that, um, you know, cause I, I feel like you, you will come back, you know, if, if the things that are supposed to get done, don't get done. 
Um, so, you know, basically making it my life's mission to get things done that need to get done. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, that first ayahuasca visual of me seeing that wall and seeing and just the feeling associated with it, it, it's, it, it was visceral enough for me to say, wow, like that was just, you know, breathtaking. Like you just, you, you wind up re- learning this word ineffable, which is basically, mm-hmm. you know, emotions that just have no explanation. Yeah. Um, but, you know, seeing that vivid picture at that time, it just led me to, to the understanding that there's a lot more than this. And this is basically just a drop in the bucket of yeah. what our, experience, our potential experience can be um, and how that can just be the beginning to a new, a new part of our existence. Mm-hmm. You know? so, yeah. so it's probably transformed dramatically your day-to-day experience and how you look at the world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no I could never meditate. Yeah, I could never meditate. Now I, I can sit and I can meditate and, and get my mind to to more of a quiet place. And you know, my my last experience, which was actually this past Saturday, you know, it, it I was really able to, you know, my experience has morphed to more of a it's an educational experience. Me learning uh, different functions that I have and and things I'm able to do and. Uh, getting into learning how to get into different spaces you know like one of my favorite movies is dr strange and the more i get into this i start realizing how much of a documentary that movie was <laughs> you know, I, I guess you, you have to see it um, yeah so i mean it's yeah there's one scene where you know he gets put into this place where he can practice all of his sorcery work you know like a space is literally created for him to do that um, so he doesn't hurt himself, doesn't hurt anybody else. And this past weekend, like I literally was put in a similar situation where I learned how to go into a place where I can basically fuck around and just <laughs> create shit, you know? Yeah. So it's, I can get into that, but you know, we would need like another few hours. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just to say that, you know, you get out of it when you put into it. If you really just want a basic surface level, like it'll give you, it'll give you maybe a, a needed attitude adjustment, you know, mm-hmm. a quick punch to the gut. Uh, <laughs> but if you want, it, it's as deep as you want to go. Like if you want to go deep, like it, it's re- it can go really, really deep. You know, mm-hmm. um, you just have to be understand that. You know, and there's a lot that you won't understand, and you just have to be cool with that. Yeah. Because as you move, progress along, it may you may say, "Holy shit!" Well, that that's why that. Happened. You know, yeah. it makes a lot more sense, but it's never because it doesn't look at time the way that we look at time. You know, right. time is the thing that we've created, but the universe doesn't work on our clock. Yeah. So, you know, you could have an experience, you know, a year from your ayahuasca date that just brings so many things into perspective that, you know, you just didn't look at it from that angle. So mm-hmm. it's beautiful in that way, but you just got to be eyes. Yeah. New eyes. I like that. So, you know, you being a healthcare professional, kind of, yeah, like <laughs> you're yeah. a fitness trainer, you're a physical therapist, you do, you have these uh, modalities um, in your day-to-day practice with other people. Like, do you ever, and this is just a random question, but do you ever like look at people and like, they need a ceremony? Like, are you able to look at people and be like, yeah, maybe yeah. this should be something that they should do. Do you recommend it to them? Like, since well, you're a you know, practitioner of it? I, I do. There's, there's a handful of people that I work with that I can have these kinds of conversations with. 
uh, without causing alarm, <laughs> without looking crazy. Um, you know, some of them have had experiences, so we can talk about it. I could talk to them about mine. Um, you know, it, it's just it's just tough because they they say you know the medicine has to call you. Yeah. You know, it, it's if you're not ready for it, you know, you probably won't get the call. Yeah. You know? Uh, but for me, I feel like it's my responsibility as, um, you know, as a clinician, as, as someone who has had tremendous benefits from the medicine to at least let people know what's out there, you right. know, to give them awareness, to bring it to the surface, um, and to sort of let them make the, the decision on their own. You know, I've spoken to a, a, to a few of my clients about it and they, they express their interest in doing it. Um, but, you know, it, doing it with me is probably not the right thing for them. You know, I always tell them, you know, like, this is a path that you can take. You know, you, you have access to it. Um, but I can't force anybody to do it. Yeah. I'm not going to try to force anybody to do it. You know, I know when I'm doing work on someone, if I'm doing a massage on someone, I know right away if their heart shock is off. Mm -hmm. I know, like, for me now, it's intu intuitive to the point where I don't even want, I don't need to touch you anymore. Mm -hmm. Okay. Two, when I do touch you, it's like off the chart sometimes with what's going on, you know? Mm -hmm. So I can't like go in and press an off button and shut that off anymore. This started but, after you did your first ayahuasca that you were starting yeah. to be able to sure. feel into yeah. abilities. No. Yeah. What started happening right away is, you know, you don't, you don't learn how to close yourself off to yeah. a lot of this stuff. So I wound up getting attacked by a lot of people's stuff that I was working with, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and, and uh, Melvin, who's, you know, my mentor, my coach, he would educate me on different ways to sort of close up shop so you can work with someone and not absorb their negative energies, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so it, it, it's tough. It's a lot of work, but I'm at a point now where I'm pretty, pretty good with it. Mm -hmm. uh, so I can really get in and, 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 you know, I talk to some clients about that as an option. Mm -hmm. And, you know, part of my own work for myself is, is coming to grips with the fact that I'm not just a physical therapist anymore, mm -hmm. um, which is ironic because I felt like I was one of the first people to bridge the gap between fitness and rehab because, you know, early on it was like you either went to a PT or you went to a personal trainer, but you never did both. So yeah. I was able to bridge that. So now I feel like my next job is bridging this whole spiritual component into my PT physical therapy work mm -hmm. um, and just demonstrating to my clients how important it is to really focus on healing on all ends and my not just body, physical. So yeah. And, and it, it, it's tough because, you know, language is everything. Um, you know, some people like, you know, having to explain what spirituality means, like, and we're talking about Ivy league mm -hmm. individuals who, you know, make tons of money, they're caught up in a certain program, yeah. you know? So when you speak to them in this type of language, it, it, it's difficult, yeah. you know, you gotta get creative with it, you yeah. know? Um, but you know, the ones that are, that open up to you, like they're the ones that are typically going to see the greatest results, mm -hmm. hands down, hands down. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Joe, like what is, what is your hope that like, what is your impact you'd like to leave? on the world? Like, what do you want people to know? What do you want them to, like, if there's one thing that you got to say today, like, what is it that you want to put out into the world? Yeah. Well, lo love yourself, learn about yourself, 
Um, take the time to invest in yourself, um, honor yourself. Um, and, and, you know, when people tell you it, it's you being selfish, you say, listen, it, you, you have the ability to say that, but I have work that I have to do with mm-hmm. myself, you know, and, and really establishing in your mind a comfort level with who you are, appreciating what you bring to the table. Um, and, and, you know, it, it, for me personally, it, it's me bringing myself into a space where I, I'm confident in the things that I say because I've always had, you know, throat chakra issues, you mm-hmm. know, and being comfortable enough for me to speak out and be confident in my own words, you know, that's the greatest lesson that I can give to someone aside from all the educational, you know, healing stuff. Um, you know, to me, that's what spirituality is all about. Just honoring yourself. Honoring yourself, loving yourself. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on my show. And um, as a last measure, can you tell people where to find you? Sure. So my studio is located down in Union Square in New York City. Uh, I I own a studio called Throwdown NYC, and it's a fitness studio. Um, You know, we we will be offering some energetic relief soon. Yeah. Uh, As soon as, yeah, we'll put in the work for that. So it'll be a pretty well-rounded uh, space. Uh, my website is throwdownnyc.com. Um, you know, you, you have all of my information there about my email phone number that you can reach me at. And I'll link uh, his Instagram on the, on the show. Yeah. Instagram is throwdownnyc and, and my personal is Vega, uh, back, um, Vega TD, Vega underscore TDNYC. I, I, I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, awesome. that's, where you'll feel, that's where you'll get like my unfiltered, you know, yeah. <laughs> healing energy stuff. So yeah. It was a really I, cool guy. Like he's got a lot of insight, a lot of experiences. He knows more than just about drugs and yeah, uh, a very, very deep brother. So <laughs> thank you. Thank, I thank you said for having brother, me. not brother. Yeah. <laughs> <Whatever you> want. <laughs> I know awesome. Well, thank you so much. And you guys, thank you for listening. We'll see you in the next episode. Thank you. See you. interested in becoming a client for energy coaching, find me at www.thelovelyalia.com to read more about what I do or hit me up on IG at thelovelyalia for daily content and inspiration.